Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, Michael Cooper here, former Los Angeles Laker player. These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedIn is where I go for networking, and so it makes perfect sense as the place to go for hiring. Create a free job posting minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network over 77 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 4 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash showtime. That's linkedin.com slash showtime to post your job for free. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And today... We're going to talk about two serious issues that are in my heart that are deeply ingrained. One, who is the best all-time three-point shooter? All right, to you. Obviously, we know that it's Steph Curry, but I got a couple of people that I want to compare with him on this here. Your thoughts? So, yeah, so Steph broke the record um, this week, and, I mean, it's, it's a record that's going to be very hard to break. But it's hard, isn't it, Coop? Because this is a different era. I mean – you know, how many threes did you guys shoot? Per, I mean, like, just go back to the Showtime era. You guys didn't shoot many threes. It just wasn't a part of the game as much as it is today. You know what? In the Showtime era, we might have shot as a team 15, maybe 17, maybe 20 for the game. You got players that are shooting that alone by themselves. Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a record. And again, kudos to Steph. I mean, I, I have to agree with everybody else. Probably one of the greatest shooters of all time, as you mentioned, broke the record. Uh, the other night 
in New York, uh, beat Ray Allen, Reggie Miller on top, because those are the top three at all time. But I'm with you, Ari. I think it's going to be a long time before somebody breaks this record. And this kid probably got another, I said, another good three, maybe four years left in him because the way he plays, it's not a big workload. Obviously, he moves around a lot, but still, he, he keeps himself in great condition. So he's going to set a record, man, that may go down as one of the greatest all-time records like the Lakers 33-game win streak that nobody's going to be able to touch, I don't think. It's going to be a while, but he is uh, – uh, Showtime era didn't shoot a lot of threes. I mean, three-pointer was more strategic for us. You use that, but that is actually part of the game right now. So I'm, I got it I got it up, um, and I'm trying to compare it now to the Golden State Warriors. But the, So the 86-87 Lakers, the first of your back-to-back titles uh, at the end there, uh, five and a half threes attempted per game. That's as okay? a team. As a team. As a team. And then the next year, you guys won the NBA championship in 87, 88, as you recall. Uh, 5.8. And you only hit 1.7 per game. So <laughs> as a team, you guys shot 30% from three per game on on basically two makes out of two out of six every game. So <laughs> That's why I say it was more strategic for us. Uh, NBA at that time, it was championships, games were won in the paint. How do you not use or utilize a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right. uh, a Robert Parrish, uh, uh, Mahorn and, and, and Lambeer? You got to get the ball inside, let the defense collapse, then you kick it out. Now it's, it's actually the reverse. Guys, <laughs> I was watching a game the other day. Guys were coming down on a fast break, three on two. Both players uh, uh, flare it out to the three-point shot. They don't care about the two. So I think that's the biggest difference. And uh, to me, does that hurt the game? I think a little bit because you lose a concept of what scoring is about. It's about getting just to score, especially when you're trying to come back or continue a run. In today's game, it's just about points for them. Okay, so just, just to go back. So, again, you guys were one of seven of five of eight. So two of six per game in 87-88. The last title team for Golden State. 2017, 2018. So 20 years, 20 years, no, 87, 97, 07, 30 years later. Wow. I'm really bad at math. Uh, 28.9 attempts. So tw- or, 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 yeah, 20, 29 attempts per game, 11 makes per game. So Golden State, 30 years later from when you guys won the title, were 11 for 30. So you guys were two for six and won a title. They were 11 for 30. <laughs> You know what, it, 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 it uh, makes you laugh about how the game has changed. But again, you got to go back 30, maybe 40 years before our time, what it was like in the 60s with Bob Cousy. So that's just the, uh, the development of the new NBA. Uh, I mean, those guys, man, shoot the basketball. You got a lot of people. And, and you know what, for me, Ari, three-point shooting in the 80s were, were certain players. Certain players took a three-point shot. Myself, Byron Scott, maybe Magic. Magic's game was inside. Maybe Worthy, but Worthy's game was a mid-range. Kareem never. I think he shot one his entire career, maybe. Now, you got Dwight Howard stepping out shooting threes. and Right. If you're a big, you have to. Everybody shoots threes. So that's just uh, the fun part of the game right now. And I think that's where you're seeing the new NBA go go to. And you have to look at... um, uh, what it's about now it's about scoring points and you know if you don't have the inside game sometimes the outside game is better for you what would riles say if you shot a three 
He wouldn't say anything to me, but okay. I mean, it had to come out of going, taking the ball inside the cream. You had to throw it in the cream, let the defense collapse. If it came out to you and you were open for a three, depending on who you are, and if it was myself or Byron, we had, you know, we had the green light to shoot it. Uh, but it had to go in the cream first. Pardon me? But it, oh, it had, had to go, go in the cream. It had to go inside. You just of course. come down and hoist up because then you lose the effectiveness of a big man and a quality big man of Kareem. You well, know, and the idea, too, the is to draw the double team on him, yep. and then now you find the open shooters. I mean, that – so you ask kind of about who's the best three-point shooter of all time or whatever. It, it's it's just hard to co- compare eras. We know that in a lot of different ways, but, man, what an unbelievable difficulty it is to do that now because it's just – the numbers are, are crazy. Like, you guys did not – I mean, your era did not – leverage the three-point shot it was a different game it was inside out the game's now more way more outside in and you know so yeah Steph's there but it's hard to find you know if Reggie Miller played in the modern game he would have shot probably a lot more threes and he took a lot of attempts and he was a really good three-point shooter and or you forget it was a lot further out when we shot the basketball now it's a jump shot to these guys yep these guys are making that with such frequency Steph LeBron uh, maybe Paul George. These guys now are shooting logo shots from almost half court. So again, those guys that are hitting those shots is, is kind of what we were shooting. But again, can't take away that because they changed the game to make it more enjoyable and fun to the fans. But Steph Curry, uh, Golden State Warriors, I can't wait to see Clay Thompson when he comes back, are, are really utilizing what that line is all about and putting points up there. And as we talked about some of the best that's ever played this game, you got obviously Ray Allen, who's the number two now, got Reggie Miller, but I've compiled a list of people that I think would rival any of those three, especially Steph, uh, 20, 30 years ago. And my list is Craig Hodges. I think he would have been a dangerous three-point shooter in today's game. Uh, Played for Chicago Bulls, many teams, but that was his specialty was shooting threes. Steve Kerr, the coach that's coaching uh, uh, Steph Curry. Steve Kerr was a three-point shooter and a good one when it was about maybe four or five feet further back. He would have been really masterful, probably would have added five or six more years to his career right now, the way that they're shooting the three-point because he could utilize that. Dale Ellis played for the Mavericks, Seattle Supersonics when they were in Seattle. Dale was probably the most prolific and most natural three-point shooter other than Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. I think uh, that's a tough shot for Steph, but he still has developed a nice stroke out there. But Dale Ellis, 6'3", 6'4", strong, can put it in from distance. And he was another one. Uh, another one, Mark Price. Uh, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mark was a small stature, kind of like Steph, uh, moved around a lot. I think Mark Price was an excellent three-point shooter. I'll stop there and hear your comments on because I got about four or five more. That's a good list. Um, so I think the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA never hit a three-point shot. Oh, who's that? <laughs> Pistol Pete. Pete Maravich. Oh, Maravich a three-point shooter? I well, I mean, he, so. he was a shooter. He was a scorer. Dude, yeah, average mid-range score. He did layups and mid-range shots. If there had the... been a three-point shot... Coop, dude averaged 44 points a game his last year at LSU without a three-point line. <laughs> yeah, that's without a three-point line. I don't think he would, have, he would have averaged that much because it's a distance shot, and most of the time Pete was going full speed, so he had to stop and pull up and hit that. Possibly he could have, but Pistol, to me, this is just to me, he 
he uh, utilized that mid-range, the 18-footer, uh, 15-footer, a lot of layups. You know, Pete yeah. was that, that fancy part of the game. Nate Archibald, another one that possibly could have averaged big points then. Yeah. What about, what about Drazen Petrovic? Oh, I didn't think about him. He's another good one. Big, big player. Uh, good knockdown shots. Uh, he played with New York Nets or Portland Trail Blazers? He both. Both, yeah, that's right. He went for both. Petrovic was a good one, okay? Uh, and he's a guy that he kind of straddled the late 80s, 90s. He, he passed away in his prime. He was only, yeah. I think, 28, 29 years old when he passed. Um, so who would have known? But he, I think that's a guy that, you know, he started to kind of get into the era where three-point shooting became more and more, kind of like Craig Hodges, similar similar uh, era. But Petrovic, yeah. he, he could fill it up. Very underrated player in the history of the NBA, for Very sure. Very underrated. Uh, another one that I hate to mention his name, but we have to because we're talking about three-point shooter, Scott Wedman. I don't like him because he's a Boston Celtic, okay? He's the one that created that Boston massacre by hitting all those threes against us in that first game. Uh, 33 points he had. Scott was a big 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy that could really shoot the three-point shot. He would have been another one that I think could have rivaled Steph Curry in about, today's what, game. What about Larry Legend? Larry could have been, but Larry, I don't see Larry as a true three-point shooter because he did a lot of work all around. But again, I, I'll give him that. Yeah, I'll give him that. Uh, Dale Carey. Dale Curry, Steph's father. Great three-point shooter. It was another one that could have rivaled his own son and did some uh, historical things as far as three-point shooting goes in the game today. Lou Hudson. People forget about Sweet Lou down in Atlanta. Lou could shoot down the, th- shoot the three uh, very well. Strong. Lou's about 6'5". Uh, was, could go off the bounce like Steph. Not as fast as Steph, but still could get that shot off. And you got to remember, those are players that uh, played this game and did it very well half the time in their league, with, half the time in their career without the three-point line. And last but not least, and I know there's many, but this is just a few that we're bringing up. Downtown Freddie Brown from uh, Seattle Supersonic. Freddie was about 5'10", 5'11", really good three-point shooter. So again, kudos to Steph Curry. Congratulations. Probably going to set a record that it's going to be hard to catch. That's going to be like uh, Kareem's scoring record all the time. This is going to be a tough one to catch. But those are the list of players that we think could have rivaled Steph Curry in today's game, how they were playing in today's game and throughout their career. Because, again, Freddie Brown played a lot without the three-point line and killed that as well as many others. I got one more for you. Look at that. Glenn Rice. Oh, yes. Forgot Glenn about Rice. Glenn Rice. He shot 47% in 96-97 from three. On on five point six attempts, so nearly six attempts per game. Forty forty seven percent is ridiculous. If he played, because he was at Miami with Pat Riley, when Pat Riley was like inside first, you're playing with Shaq, and he got to touch the ball then out. Just think if those players were playing today, when that could be their shot every time down the floor. Glenn Rice, I think, would have set uh, historical numbers as well too. So. Again, three-point shooting is very big. And, and you know what? I'm going to throw in some honorable mentions, okay? Michael Cooper, Byron Scott. I think <laughs> the two players that <laughs> if we have been allowed to shoot the ball and understood that three-point was a, uh, something to add on to your career. But again, like I said, in our days, it was more of a strategical shot. You throw it in, let the defense collapse, move the ball around. If you got a good look at it, you knock it down. Any bad boys you think you can put on that list? You know, you got you shot career from three. Do you have any idea? No. From the three point line? I just I'm just looking it up right now. Thirty four percent. That's pretty good. Thirty four percent. We were shooting way out there, man. It was a man shot. Now, okay. 
Uh, now it's a little kitty jump shot. If you shoot thirty four percent in today's NBA. That's good. That's really good. If you're, a th- oh, I, I'm signing a new contract for about five years. One hundred ten thousand. Elite wing defender. Elite defender can guard one through five. With can shoot thirty four percent from the floor. From and can play some backup point guard too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. You're a uh, anyway. That's our uh, our uh, salute to three point shooter Steph Curry. Congratulations, man, and continue doing your thing out there because he will. And the one thing I love, and last thing I'll say about Steph, he doesn't do it just standing out there. This guy is always on the move, cutting under, going out uh, with the basketball. Not only is he scoring, but he's making plays for his teammates. Steph Curry. The greatest, and I'm going to say that now, the greatest three-point shooter of all times. And I don't think we'll have, ever have to mention anybody above him because this mm-hmm. kid is going to do something that nobody is going to be able to catch. Uh, all-time three-point shooter. Dude, he's just, he's lights out. No question. And, yeah, I mean, I think at first it was like, yeah, but he's too small. He'll, the league's too physical for him. And um, even in the modern, you know, quote-unquote physicality of the league, but you know, he's, he, he is an impressive, impressive offensive ecosystem. And uh, yeah, I, to, to be that good, to be a star player like that, and to be that good and consistent three-point shooting, that, that you just don't find that very often. Very often. And I agree with you. It's lights out. That's a good uh, segue into our next topic. Hey, Michael Cooper here. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop on mobile websites to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. That's a good uh, segue into our next topic, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. And I love Not lights out. Yeah, you know, lights out. Well, lights out on, on Steph Curry and three point shooting. Lights on for the Lakers, baby, because they went to Dallas Maverick and they whooped up on them something fierce. Now, everybody can say, you know what? Uh, what's the kid that's out? Um, Luka Doncic. Luka yeah. Doncic wasn't there, but it don't matter because you play who's out on the court and the Lakers did their thing beating the Mavericks one. Yeah, I told you about Austin Reeves. Remember that? I told you about Austin Reeves. Yeah, I was going to mention him. What a great shot by him, man. Lakers win the game 107 104 in overtime a great basketball game if you didn't watch it if you don't if you have a spectrumism or whatever nba watch that game and look at it a very good game lebron james came to play russell westbrook probably the weakest link of the perimeter shooters on the lakers hit a big three to tie it up in regulation play uh tie the game up to give them an opportunity to get into overtime and then Ellington took it into overtime with his time, his time shot. But uh, yeah, that kid came off the bench Reeves. Um, what can we say? We don't want to say he's an unknown because he has been known that he can score. No, he but I mean, he, he had the game winning shot. He's, yes. I mean, is a kid I talked about in one of our earlier episodes because he played at Oklahoma and I cover the big 12 and, and have seen this guy just, just go lights out. But I got to ask you something, Coop. Because this team has has not been very good. Um, what are they, sixteen and thirteen now, something like that? Just a few games over five hundred. You you won't be able to move Russ for anybody, but would you move him for Ben Simmons? 
I almost would. I almost would. But uh, to kind of go back on that statement a little bit, I'm still willing to give the Lakers and Russ to after the All-Star break, because I think they're going to figure this out. And you can kind of see it in pieces. The key is you can't have one of those four missing. LeBron can't be out for X amount of games. You can sit in one or two games for load management. Eight, but you can't have him out five or six games because that loses their chemistry and they throw things off and people have to move around. And AD is the other one who can't be out for long stretches. So I love Ben Simmons as a player. I really do. I think he has the same deficiency as Russ as far as uh, yeah. not being able to consistently hit a three-point shot, but they do a lot. Russ shows you what he can do. He rebounds, he steals, he gets assists, and he scores. He's still a threat down there. And that's the same thing with Simmons. Simmons does all those things too. He's a stat filler. If I could, and you're asking me now, would I do the trade? I wouldn't do the trade. And that, but it would be very, very enticing, though. And that the reason I ask the question is is because that rumor's been out there, but it's more to your, the way you answered it, which is it's been such it's been 30 basketball games. Like it takes we knew when the season started it was going to take time. Yeah. It obviously has not gone, I think, the way that we expected it to go from the start, but like I, I guess my question to you is, do you think it can work? And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely about reps and just playing together, but do you think it can work? Do you think it I will think, work? I think it could work to win a championship this year. Can it work for a long period of time? I don't think so. Why but not? Here in La La Land, we think championships for this year, baby. We ain't trying to be like the Celtics and build for the future and, and teams like Detroit. We're building, oh, we're building for the future. We're going, no, we well, go Detroit, that's a different, right that's a different deal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it could work because, again, you look at the numbers last night. Westbrook had 23. Uh, LeBron had 24. AD had 20. And you haven't even thrown Melo in the mix yet. Let him get going. So I, I think it could work for this year. Uh, I think it's going to take some time, but it's still going to be up on those role players, Reeves, Ellington, Baysmore. And we haven't even seen, seen uh, Kendrick Nunn or, or Trevor Reza play yet. So they, Lakers got a nice little uh, supporting cast to help the big four when things go wrong, whether somebody's off, whether somebody's in foul trouble, whether somebody's injured, you can bring in some people to get some things done. And I, I like it, man. I love it. So you you're, you are the eternal optimist on the, the Lakers, okay, Coop? You are always. always optimistic. So you remain optimistic about this team. Like, what, what have the issues been, in your opinion, so far? To me, the chemistry. That's the biggest thing. The chemistry you have, you know, you, you, you start the season out and LeBron goes down. Uh, thank God nothing has happened to AD where he's missed a big amount of games. And I think, you, and I think LeBron is the key. He's the glue to, to keeping this together and making it happen. And you can see what he's doing. I love him now in his later career. He is killing that three-point shot. That's almost like a layup for him because, again, like we said, as you become an older player, you lose athleticism a little bit more. Now you start kind of redefining your game, and he's definitely done that with drives, with low post uh, work in the middle, and being an assist person. And now that he's able to knock down that three-point shot, I can see where he and Westbrook can be complementary to each other out on the court. So to me, the biggest issue has always been and always will be until they win the championship is going to be chemistry. And I think that'll come together after the all-star break. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, and then part of this is Frank Vogel and there's been some questions about whether or not he should continue. I mean, what do you, what's your assessment of the, the coaching situation? And, and is this just because they're not as good as expected? They're, you know, a team at 500 basically now that like it's going to fall on the coach and it's, it has nothing to do with him. 
Well, it's unfortunate if it doesn't go well, it is going to be his head that'll probably roll. But again, I think Coach Vogel has done a great job. You know what? It's very difficult to maintain, to coach, and to keep in check great players with attitudes. And you got to have that cocky attitude to be the player that you are. And so right. for Frank to really kind of juggle those and keep it together, and I think LeBron helps him out a lot. I think AD now is under, he understands what's going on and he can help coach Vogel. I think Westbrook is probably the one with the, the, I, I don't say this in a negative sense, the undisciplined attitude because he's had things go his well, his way so long. He's been the leader on every team he's been on. Now you're not the leader. And I think he's still that rogue one that could kind of go astray. But again, that's where AD and LeBron can come in and help. Carmelo's pretty mellow. It goes with his name. He's really, really low-key now, but still he has that big-time attitude. So for Frank to juggle those and to keep those guys in line, and I guarantee they're helping to keep themselves in line. I don't see him as a problem now. I think he has to he has to go on who is healthy, who's ready to go for that game. That's gonna always be his dilemma. After that, if LeBron can't go, now it's gonna be a coaching thing because now you got to find that best fit. Is it Bradley? Is it Ellington? Is it Baysmore? Who's going to be that player that he has to instill in that starting lineup to keep it going? The way it is now, them other guys on the bench are falling in line, and he can kind of like his, his coaching strategy towards the game is becoming easier now because he sees how it goes. But when you get this kid really shooting like that, he's got to be on the floor. Who are you going to sit down for him? And unfortunately, it was Bradley last night. Fortunately, unfortunately, it was Bradley's last night. It was Reeves' turn to step up, and he did a good job. And I think that was a great coaching move by Coach Vogel. So he's doing pulling all the strings, the right strings right now. Wait till after the All-Star break when it really gets interesting. Well, and, and I mean, you're right. Vogel, his major responsibility is managing the egos. But so much of this is, to, is on LeBron, you know? Yeah. I mean, right or wrong, you know, Westbrook being there and his ego and his, you know, it's LeBron now has to almost be a coach on the floor to kind of, you know, at times rein him in at times feed his ego and just do the different things that, I mean, you know, better than anybody that you have to do to have a successful NBA team, because that was always going to be the question. And, you know, West Russ can say whatever he wants before the season starts, but once you get in egos, I mean, he's got an ego, he's got, a, everybody's got an ego. And yes. so, it's just about LeBron understanding how to manage that and, and get on them, but at times get off of them, those kinds of things. And I think Vogel's going to have to set the tone on, on depending on who you're playing for that night, because it's going to change. You, you know, you play the Mavericks that night a certain way. You play Phoenix Suns a certain way. It's going to be on him on how to dictate the flow of uh, what's going to happen on the floor. And again, that comes with substitutions. Uh, I think another thing is going to be practice time. Uh, are they spending their practice time the right way and getting ready to play? And sometimes you have to practice those guys in practice. Okay. You may want to sit somebody yeah. out, but you got to, that's what, that's the only time you can really find your chemistry is in practice. And when guys are hurting a little bit, Hey, we got to go, man. You don't have to be an hour and a half. Maybe we got to do 45 minutes, but you guys got to be on the court moving, uh, running plays, seeing how things are going to work out there on the floor. So um, uh, kudos to Frank. Frank Vogel too. I think he's doing an adequate job. I got a great coaching staff behind him. And like you said, LeBron definitely is a coach on the floor as well as AD. And I think those two really helped pull this all together. Los Angeles Lakers. So if they win a championship this year, when they win the championship, I'm going to take that if out of there, when they win the championship, that'll give us number 18 or 19. It'll be 18. 
I know you hate to talk about this, Ari. No, I, I don't. I just, you know, I, I love your optimism. I'm always hating it. I think you're a loser. You're a little hater underneath all, all, all well, the crush. You're a little hater. But I don't care because that's what's happening back there. I'm going to bring my championship trophy 18. down here sometime. 18. 18. It'll be 18 championships. And Lakers about to do something that, well, other, uh, well, Celtics won't catch us because they're the next closest because they're they're um, they're about cooked now. They stick a fork in them, they're done, uh, unless they make some moves. But then that'll be an eighteen, and we can continue this march to twenty. And it'll we'll, once we get to twenty twenty one, man, that'll be nice, won't it? I love that you're talking about a 16 and 13 team. Like, oh, they're going to win a title. Hey, listen, Lakers are better than their record. I, I guarantee you. Yeah, they have great. Man, they're going to they're gonna turn it on the second half. Watch. If everybody stays with this and they keep meshing and drilling and, and gelling, man, the Lakers are going to be very good. I, I guarantee you this. Any team, if the Lakers come in at AC, I guarantee that one or two teams won't want to see them in a seven-game series. Mm. Won't want to. Yeah, it's no, easy to beat them during the season. You know, you've got Phoenix right. who comes in, plays well, goes to state play. But you got to see these guys seven times. I agree. Seven with that. times in a row. It's going to be hard to play these guys, man. So you I can hate on all you want, Ari. Hate on, hate on. Keep your, drink your hater aid, man, and all that. Keep it going. And uh, just as long laughing. as we, we say that Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul Jabbar are the greatest ever, as long as it's not LeBron, I'm good. <laughs> Now, if LeBron won a championship this year, he's going to be considered up there. I think he pushes Jordan down a little bit. I agree with that, but I don't think they're going to win. To to me, (laughs) I don't care what happened, but two of the three are Lakers, and that's all that matters to me that are up at that top. But we're going to get back into that GOAT uh, thing in another series episode because I want to explore that a little bit more. I had a guy come up to me and ask me, a young man, he goes, Coop, listen, I love you. I love the Lakers but I need to know who you think is an all-time greatest player. And I keep telling people, for me, you don't have to ask me. Mine is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't care what era you cover, Kareem could play in any era and would be dominant in any era. And he asked me, so he, I said, well, who, who do you say? And his thing is Kobe Bryant. And I think a lot of people are caught up into uh, Kobe being scoring the 81 points. They see that as being a great player. But what they don't understand and a great player. Great players make other players better around them. I didn't think Kobe did that enough. I think Jordan did it better. I think LeBron is on the stage of making players around him better. And Kareem was definitely that. Kareem could have been very selfish. And I think if Kareem would have just put his mind to it for five years, he we wouldn't even be talking about people that's trying to reach the all-time scoring record. But Kareem did what was best for the team because when the double team came, he was passing the people, magic, myself, worthy, and making players better. So, again, we're going to explore that in another episode, but this is about the Lakers and them trying to win their 18th championship. Let me – I just want to say one thing on that. Like Kobe is a, a great all-time player. He's an iconic player. Uh, he's one of the greatest – maybe the greatest scorer ever. Um, but it, it's interesting because, you know, I covered the Spurs in San Antonio for years, and so I covered Tim Duncan, and and – they are so opposite in terms of these things. Now, remember, they both won the same amount of titles. Tim Duncan won the same amount of titles as Kobe. But Tim Duncan is exactly what you're talking about. Great, I, I consider him the greatest teammate of all time because, you know, where Kobe got into, you know, a war with Shaq and that ended that era. And then, you know, and then it was like he, he, was, our, you know, he was considered to be a selfish player at the end of his career. He did end up winning that, that title without Shaq. But... Duncan always created an environment for the team to be able to be successful. 
you know, in every way. And, and they're, they're both great players. I definitely would put Tim a lot higher on on an all-time great list than a lot of other people would, but I consider Tim Duncan the greatest teammate of all time. Um, And yeah, I mean, they, you know, again, he's probably underrated relative to Kobe because I think people listen to this that are Kobe fans are like, what Tim Duncan and Kobe, no way. But like, yeah, there are a lot of, they're, they're just, it's, it's kind of crazy to think they had such parallel careers. They played against each other in so many big series. um, And then, you know, retired around the same time and we're in the hall of fame at the same time, obviously for Kobe, wish you could have been there um, to, 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 with, with Tim to be in there. But and it was funny because I think Tim always wanted and was okay with Kobe Bryant overshadowing him throughout his career. And so it's, it's sort of poetic that he would completely overshadow him in a huge way when it comes to their Hall of Fame ceremony too. But he got in, and that's all that matters. So I, I do agree with you, Ari, on that. I think Tim was the, the consummate teammate, the one that just, you know, he talked team, everything he did and talked and, you know, all his ways was about team. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. But they're both gotta, great players in their own right. Yeah. I mean, just a, a different play. I mean, Kobe and Tim were just such different players, but but they are they're they have parallel careers, you know, that 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 basically went on the same time. So um, but look, Kobe, you know, it's when you have these conversations, it sucks because it's like, yeah, like Kobe's not the greatest of all time. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean he wasn't great, you know, like he was great, he was an iconic player, he will always be iconic. Um, and and he's one of the greatest scorers, maybe the greatest scorer ever. Yeah, we're going to get back into that one because I have something to say about that one too. I think the greatest scorer ever was Will Chamberlain and Kareem. Yeah. I think those two that could score at will. Yeah, Kobe yeah. could score at will, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in another in another G-O-A-T segment. And there you have it for tonight, Ari. Another episode of Showtime with Coop in the can. Uh, I missed y'all. I missed you, Ari. I, mean, I missed you, know, you, buddy. Yeah, I was have, having some issues going on, but it got worked out, and now I'm back. How are you doing? For, I'm doing good, good. Are... Uh, yeah, I had a cancer issue going on, but they we went, I went under, and they found some things that's going on, so they're going to try and let my body heal it. So I'm going to get back into this hyperbaric chamber thing where they have put this tube over my head and breathe in pure oxygen because that helps the blood flow and gets everything going. So I'm really good. You kind of just glossed over cancer issue. So for people that don't know, Coop had tongue cancer. Tongue cancer. About five years ago. And we had to do some things with it. They they did the surgery and then I had to do radiation and the radiation broke down my jaw. Uh because it was uh, but that's you know, yeah. I'm I'm healthy now and I'm back rolling and it's time to go. I'm trying to get my new dances on. And I'm back with Ari. And in our next episode, we're gonna have a guest, and I'm not gonna say who it is, but it's gonna be somebody special. No, it's not magic, but it's going to be somebody special. But I'm working on E. I'm working. On, I'm full court pressing his ass, man. All right, I'm full court pressing him to get him on. So it's just about him clearing time in his schedule. Maybe so. we, we can't get magic. We get the guy that's playing magic in the new show. <laughs> oh, you know what? All right. That's something we want to talk about on the next one, too. This new Showtime thing. I want to view it so I can talk our, uh, intelligently about it uh, because... I don't see myself in there. I see somebody that looked like me, but that's not me. Give me a number. I had a number, 21. They got guys with blank numbers. They got Norm Nixon in there. Oh, my God. Jim Trump. Anyway, it's going to be a good one. They don't even have you on the show? Well, I'm on the show, but you always see. I see somebody that looks like me, but they never show his number. 
I just saw from the side. And then you see uh, on the little clips that they show, they show Magic throwing a ball up over his head. And next thing you know, somebody's coming in. I know that's me. Give me a number, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to watch. I mean, I, I can't wait for the show to come out. And I'm going to be pissed if they don't have the right representation of you. Because, I mean, we've had everybody on this show. All right, you can't mess everybody this says, up, man, you can't mess this up. If they mess this up, something's wrong with them. And everybody <laughs> says, all with Dominique Wilkins, all these legends played with you or didn't play with you, that you made Showtime go. So that's BS if they don't have the right representation of my boy, Michael Cooper, because that, 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 that was the heartbeat of that basketball team was Michael Cooper. Wow. If they don't, I have an attorney in my family and they will be hearing from my representatives. <laughs> There you have it. Another time with Showtime with Coop in the can. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends and always a legend to me, AT. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you next time.